Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. All right, good morning, everybody. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. It's great to be back with you again on Real Presence Live. And I'm coming to you, as I usually do in the last couple of years, from my office here at Corpus Christi Church in Bismarck, where I am pastor. So good morning to all of you, and I hope you're all having a good day, a good start to the day, hopefully. If not, I hope it gets better. Um, I had a wonderful morning uh, walking uh, before the rain here in Bismarck. Uh, and I took a picture of a sunrise, which uh, I actually rarely stop to take a photo. But uh, it's actually on our Corpus Christi uh, Facebook page, if you want to see that. It was red sky in morning, sailor's warning. And so we're grateful for the rain. I, I know that this has been a, uh, a great uh, growing year for, I, I think, most of our listening audience. And we're grateful for the rain. Today is uh, Thursday of the 14th week of Ordinary Time. It is July 7th, and remember, July renamed uh, after Julius Caesar died. And the dog days of summer, July 3rd to August 11th. Father Obergewitch is with me, the new parochial vicar at Corpus Christi. Father, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. We're going to visit with you throughout uh, the show here in the next couple of hours, and you are going to host uh, the show in August. I uh, anticipate I'll be gone, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. A brand new priest uh, ordained less than a month ago. June 13th. There you go. And uh, he will uh, do some radio work a- as well. I remember when Father Holcalter was my vicar. And uh, we did shows together, and he became very comfortable with it. And we have a lot of great hosts on Real Presence Live. Uh, our schedule has actually changed in July. There, there will be no more Friday uh, Real Presence Live shows. Is that correct? Karen Salinsky is here as well. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Monsignor. So we have uh, a change in that. Why don't you tell the people uh, about that? Yeah, so we just um, have decided with some feedback that we would run Real Presence Live Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11. And then on Friday, we are going to change up the schedule and have um, a lot of different programs. Everything hasn't been quite decided yet, but um, yeah, just great, great information out there. So stay tuned for all the updates. Fantastic. We're still coming to you live, however, from Bismarck right now, the Diocese of Bismarck. And remember, uh, as we uh, broadcast through the Upper Midwest, uh, this show is both inspirational and it's also um, great with uh, ideas. Uh, so we, we like to move these Real Presence shows around so that um, the, um, uh, you, you can find out what's going on in the region. This parish is doing this, uh, this university is doing that, uh, etc. And uh, we're going to start with um, what the University of Mary has recently done. And that's uh, given an honorary doctorate to Dr. Jan Burry, who is uh, with me by phone, our first guest. Uh, good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Monsignor. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. Uh, you're my first guest. It means you got to get on base, okay? And uh, so 
thank you for being willing to be the first guest. Um, t- first of all, uh, before we speak about what, what has been recently awarded to you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I was born at St. Alexis, where I worked almost all of my life, and raised here. I went to Catholic schools throughout St. Mary's grade school, high school, and I knew at a young age I wanted to be in health care, and I remember as a young girl telling my parents I wanted to be a doctor. And then when I got through high school and graduated in the 70s, in 1973, girls just didn't become doctors at that time, and I changed my plan and went into nursing, and that's when I went into Mary College and began my career in in nursing, and I believe that laid the foundation for what happened over the last 50 years. Uh, Tell us about your work as a nurse, Um, and uh, when did you begin nursing? My my mother uh, worked as an RN for over 50 years. She's now retired. My sister is in the healthcare industry at... uh, Mayo in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, nurses are, are dear to me. Uh, tell us about your work as, as a nurse, and, and why are you passionate about it? I started, at, when I graduated in 1977, I started working at St. A's, and I worked, the first year I worked on a medical floor. I, I probably knew your mother, I'm thinking. That was a long time ago, and I believe she was there at the time. And I waited a year to get into the area of nursing, which was my real love, and that was the labor and delivery area. And then I I worked in that area for nine years before I went off to medical school and took a little detour in that. But nursing was, I would say, my passion and the thing that instilled in me the desire to move on and be a part of welcoming life into the world and carried me on my journey until I retired just this last fall. About 10 years ago, when I was an adjunct professor at UMary, and uh, my classes were out at the university as well as the Butler Center, I had a lot of nursing students in my uh, Intro to Moral Theology uh, coursework. There seemed to be a a lot of them. Um, A lot of them were kids from Dickinson whom I knew. How are the nurse numbers today? I think they're excellent. I, I, I see nursing students, we work with nursing students regularly as physicians. They would come through the clinic and we would work with them in the hospital as well. And I, I think particularly at the University of Mary where there's such a, a wonderful reputation really worldwide for nurses that train there, it's it's just a wonderful thing to to witness. The, the numbers are still women. good. I, I yes, heard I nation. So. I heard nationwide after the pandemic that uh, less young people are choosing to to go into healthcare, uh, particularly in the field of nursing. You haven't seen uh, any decline here locally. I have not locally, and I I think that might be true, maybe nationwide, worldwide. But I feel like locally, between the two major institutions here we still have had really good numbers of nursing students come through. Uh, As I was preparing my show this morning, I thought about our different generations. And you would be of the the baby boomer generation. Um, I would be an Xer, which began in 65. 
Uh, I was born in 67. But right now we have millennials uh, that are going into nursing. And, you know, it's a different world with um, media and, and cell phones and, or should I say, different attention spans and sense of service. How, how, have, you, how have you found uh, the, the, the different uh, the, the generations of nurses adapting? Because I'm inclined to think that my nurse will not be as good as my mom, who was of a different generation. And so uh, have, you, have you noticed any, any of, of that uh, difference in, in, in service? I, I know that they're committed and knowledgeable just the same, but it, it's certainly a different generation. I agree 100%. And I, I think you're right with regard to your mother and even my education back in the 70s. I think there was a much more hands-on learning that happened at that time where nurses weren't, we didn't have the distractions of computers and cell phones Mm -hmm. and all of the things that happen now and really as a function of the culture that we are now, necessary, of course, but I do think that that has impacted somewhat on a little bit less of the bedside hands-on sort of thing that was very common in the 60s, 70s, even 80s until the computer age kind of upended everything as far as medicine and nursing and things. But you're right. That's absolutely true. Dr. Jan Burry is my is my first guest here. Um, she has worked uh, as as a nurse. Uh, she's received an honorary doctorate in the future. But first, before we get to what's recently happened, I think uh, my mother told me even the good doctors acknowledge that it's the nurses who who do bring health and healing to the patients because you you see them far far more than the doctors, and and that's also a way to inspire new nurses. I think is that they really are the hands-on for healing. Yes, that is true. I would agree with that 100%. They are the ones at the bedside, for sure. Now, last year, the University of Mary awarded you with an honorary doctorate. What what is that, and what was that experience like for you? Well, that was among the most memorable things that has happened to me in my career. It was, first of all, very humbling and such a great honor for me when I knew that that was going to happen, and then the event itself was another level of wonder, Uh, just being able to stand in the footsteps of a lot of great people before me who have received that honor, and to know that the recognition of of others for what I've done, and I, I hope that that has instilled some thoughts into young people and continue to encourage them to believe that they can accomplish whatever they choose to accomplish and that it's important to use your faith and the things that you've learned, and for me particularly throughout my Catholic education, even into college, the things that the sisters and the religious family have taught me and instilled in me, I think, are major players in the person that I have become and how I carried out my work. You've certainly always brought your Catholic faith into the work that you do, which is um, evidenced in many of the fruits of your life. One of them is the, the honorary doctorate you received. What encouragement would you offer uh, Catholic medical professionals of, of how, how they can bring their Catholic faith in, into the work they do, and which means, above all, to be witnesses of Christ in their work? I think I would tell others that it 
it's always important to carry that with you no matter what you do and that even if you are a different religion than your patients or your co-workers that you are still witness to that and it is important to share and it's never wrong to show emotion or faith or offer a prayer with a patient and to be there and not forget that first of all it's the human touch and the humanity that we extend to each other I think that lays the foundation for trusting each other for having others trust you and to be confident that you really do care and have their best interest at heart. Dr. Jan Burry has been my first guest here on Real Presence Live as we come to you in the upper Midwest uh, listening audience. Congratulations to you. You've you've received your your doctorate. Um, And it was awarded for your Witness to Resilient Joy, Model of Steadfast Compassion and Healthcare, and you've also been an exemplar of professional excellence in medicine. Um, I've always said to young men, uh, before you become a priest, you might think you might want to be a priest. What would you say to those who are thinking right now they, they may want to be a nurse or go into the medical field? I, I would say if you have it in your heart to do that, then you should do it. And I think had I not been a nurse first, I would never have been the compassionate, caring physician that I became because of having that foundation in nursing. And I would say that other people have noticed that and have said that back to me. So I would say absolutely follow your dream. Doctor, thank you for being on Real Presence Live. Any final thoughts? No, I I just appreciate you giving me the opportunity today, and thank you. I wish you a good rest of your summer. All right, as we begin the dog days of summer, don't let it pass you by. We're going to be talking about that later, uh, later on in our show, but thanks for starting our show today. And again, congratulations as you've received uh, the honorary doctorate uh, from the University of Mary here in Bismarck. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was Dr. Jan Burry. I congratulate her. And it's great to uh, think about uh, what nursing means because uh, I think we're all going to need a priest before we die. And I think we're all going to need a nurse. As we come up on 15 minutes past the hour, we'll be back in just one moment. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. 
For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, today's Real Presence Live is from the Diocese of Bismarck. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. It's great to be with you again, and we're coming to you live from the offices of the Church of Corpus Christi, one of the five Catholic parishes in Bismarck, and it's great to be with you. I want to, I want to thank Mark McLaughlin. He is our our what would we call him, Karen? Our temp producer, temp? our board operator, board temp board operator. Yes, Mark, are you on? He's a he's a Shanley Deacon. He's a junior. <laughs> uh, does he got his mic or is he being shy? Mark, hello. Say hello, Mark. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, thanks for taking care of business uh, yeah. on on your end and uh, getting us on the air, and we wish you uh, all the best. Is, is it hard to learn what you do to step in and do that? Uh, at first, but I think I got the hang of it. Good, good. Um, I, that's why I, if I got a problem with my cell phone or computer, I just ask the newly ordained priest to help me out. So you're, you're young enough to figure it out. <laughs> Mark McLaughlin is our board operator. He is temporary. So I want to give you a, a shout out. Thanks for taking care. It's easy just to sit down and talk. We have so many people that put us on the air and make all of this work. Just uh, talking is easy. Karen Selinski taking care of things on this end. Uh, thank you, Karen. And Father Logan Obergewich, a newly ordained priest for the Diocese of Bismarck, is uh, the, parochial vic- the parochial vicar here at Corpus Christi. And he will be getting more and more familiar with uh, radio. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Father. Yeah, thanks, Monsignor, for having me on. I grew up in Beulah, North Dakota. I am one of five in my family. I have a twin brother who's two minutes older than me. That's cool. And he uh, likes to let me know that, that he's two minutes older. And then I have a younger sister, and she lives currently out in Williston. My brother, my twin brother's in town. My parents live in Bismarck now, too. I graduated in 2013 from Beulah High School. I have a twin brother as well. Two twin brothers. But I'm seven minutes older, so Mm. I I hold that over him as well. (laughs) Very good. I I have a brother that looks like my twin. So um, I have that going. Um, Tell us why, uh, you know, and God works very simply. 
and I, I think we sometimes complicate it, but um, before I went into the seminary, I realized that if, I, if I'm being called to be a priest, the first thing I'm going to think about is that maybe I should be a priest. Um, I think um, I had a very positive upbringing. Uh, the church was, what I mean is, I remember what, what Father Nick Vetter said in one of the interviews is if, you know, if you want your son to be a priest, uh, speak positively about the church. Speak positively about priests. Uh, he used the example as a welder because his father was a welder. Leland is still a welder. He said, if you want your, if you want your child to be a welder, speak positively about welders. My, my family spoke positively about the church, about priests, and I thought about being a priest, and that's why I spoke with the late now uh, Father Michael Molner. Uh, when did you start thinking, maybe I want to do this? Great question. So it actually came immediately the summer after I graduated from high school. And I was at a Steubenville conference at the University of St. Thomas. This was 2013, the summer of 2013. And I was actually in that night of adoration with, you know, a few thousand students. And just as the monstrance was passing by with the Blessed Sacrament, and that moment was just an experience of God's love for me that I'd never experienced before. And from that moment on, the thought of priesthood was attractive. And so it's, it's from that experience what you were talking about earlier. God isn't going to invite someone into priesthood to make them miserable. But it was, came out of a place of wanting to be a priest. From that moment on, I actually started praying daily with Scripture. I started going to frequent confession, started going to daily Mass. But it was from that experience of prayer, right after I graduated from high school, that kind of gave me that desire to be a priest. Uh, so you're one of the five ordained here in the Diocese of Bismarck on June 13th. And so we're blessed here with a lot of vocations in the Diocese of Bismarck. I think we're ordaining how many in the next four, including your class? 12, 14, 16. We, we have a lot of priests in, in the seminary. And I, and, I, and I think that one of the reasons we do is when somebody like you thinks that they may want to be a priest you you uh, start to start to become friends with other seminarians and you realize that all of you have similarities and all of you have a normalcy and then you start to hang around priests and you you realize that that we're not weird because we appear to be and um, you know if you make two thousand a month uh, and wear black and live a celibate life uh, it's it's a it's a unique um, uh, it's a unique uh, vocation. Uh, the church takes care of us very well, and uh, but yet we can we, we we can, for lack of a better term, we can we can appear to be weird. And so you you we have a lot of seminarians. We have a lot of young priests. I'm 55. The average age is what 43, 45 in our diocese. Mm-hmm. This is a very young presbyterate. So tell me about your experience of, you know, maybe this is what I want to do. And you start to hang around guys who have thoughts like you, that this is what I want to do. And how did that help you? Yeah, fraternity is everything with seminary. It's just such a good foundation for us to have those good friendships with seminarians. And we have men that worked a career for a long time, for decades. Some were in the military. Others were right out of high school. So there's a lot of life experience coming 
into seminary. And that's one of the great joys for me is getting to know seminarians from around uh, the country that I've been with and just uh, fostering those relationships and continuing to keep those relationships. And, yeah, uh, some of the best uh, friendships that I've made came out of the seminary that I got to meet. Like you're saying, overall, it's just normal men that want to do the Lord's will. And we can look to Jesus himself. He invited fishermen to come and follow him. These are pretty normal men. They weren't, you know, spectacular in any uh, means, but Jesus invited them, and that was the the response they gave is um, to follow him. That's why I like, again, the movie The Chosen, because it it gives you a real normalcy of how ordinary men become extraordinary by following their call. Father Logan Obergay, which is my guest here on Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. We're coming up on 25 minutes past the hour. Let me ask you this. One of the devil's greatest tactics is to to, uh, make you believe that God is a taker. God takes from you. Uh, So if you get too close to God, God is going to take stuff from you. God's going to take your freedom. You get too close to God, God is going to take your fun. You get, you know, you get too close to the church, you know, the church is going to take your money. God is a taker. Um, You, so you, you had to overcome that as well. If you become a priest, God is going to take your freedom. We, uh, you know, I wait for Bishop Kagan to, to inform me where I will serve. And with your case, he informs me with whom I will live. So, so that free, uh, it's actually freeing uh, in that regard. But, but what, what, did you, what, what did you have to weigh in, in, in saying yes to your vocation? Uh, while, while the devil is always present in some way saying, Logan, Father Logan, the future Father Logan, God's going to take a lot of stuff from you if you become a priest. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so God is never outdone in generosity. And so whenever we give ourselves this invitation that Jesus asks me or another to give myself to another as a gift, he always gives so much more. And just one simple way that I've seen that over the years is actually how many people I've been able to to meet. And just to see how universal the church is and to just to meet so many people from around um, this whole United States has been a true gift. And so that's a way that, you know, going off to seminary somewhere, I, I wasn't choosing on my own, but Jesus was inviting me to go, for example, to St. Paul for college seminary and then down to St. Louis for major seminary. I didn't choose to go to those places, but God was so generous to me there, and some of my best friendships came out of those places. Because in following life's hard decisions, we have to overcome that we're going to be losing. And I, you know, I, I visited with a man five years ago. He said, I don't want to become a priest because I don't want to lose my wife. I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to lose the career I want to... And, and so you have, the, your, your perspective is very true. Whatever you're called to in a vocation, God will provide. Uh, what has been, in the, in the first month... Um, your greatest joy so far as saying yes, being ordained a priest and being assigned here at Corpus Christi, but overall, well, you're about a month into it, I think, maybe less than four weeks. Uh, what's, what's, been, what's been your greatest joy? 
Yeah, on the day of ordination, there's that special moment, that powerful moment when Bishop lays his hands on those to be ordained. And when he laid uh, his, Bishop Kagan laid his hands on me, I just experienced this moment of, wow, the Lord is truly blessing me. And I'm going to be blessing others. So following that Mass, there's that special moment when all the newly ordained priests go and give first blessings to the people there at the cathedral. And just in that moment, being able to bless others was such a gift. Bless my family, friends, and just anybody that came to the ordination was such a gift for me. So those first blessings really stands out to, as a priest of Jesus Christ, being able to bless others with Jesus' own on peace, his, his own blessing is something that really stood out to me within these first few weeks of priesthood. I've been a priest longer than you've been alive, Father Logan <laughs> Obergewitch. Um And uh, I, I know that you're going to have uh, some, some great moments in your, in your priesthood. Just getting up each day, saying yes. Um, you know, as Ambrose said in today's office of the readings, just... Getting up every day and just opening opening the door to your soul, opening the gate of your soul to to whatever God's will is for you, and just to be surprised at the people that, that comes your way. I, I wish you many years, and I'm very happy you're beginning your many years here as our parochial vicar at Corpus Christi. Thanks, Monsignor. And and don't uh, don't screw up the August radio show. <laughs> so uh, you'll, nope. you'll be just fine. Uh, uh, Karen's going to work with you with that. You're going to be just fine. We're coming up on 30 minutes past the hour. We got Steve Ray coming up. Don't go anywhere. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 